So, it's the fifth day of Christmas. Is anyone in here with five golden rings? Got any French hens or turtle doves at home, partridge in a pear tree? For most of us, Christmas right now is a done deal. We don't have a building up to 12th night and massive partying with pipers piping and ladies dancing and lords a-leaping. Most of us are sitting here breathing a deep, ah, it is done. So what better Sunday than to sit back and sort of stretch out and ponder the big picture of Christmas, the really big picture of what it means for God to become human and enter the smallness of our lives. A colleague pointed out that Christianity in its very early years did not go immediately viral. People couldn't believe that a real God would deign to come down here. The world is gross. Humanity is gross. Yet God did. And our faith, our religion, Christianity, is based on this extraordinary reality, God with us in this world. This morning we read the first 18 verses of the Gospel of John. And he doesn't start with, in the beginning, in a little town in Bethlehem, Mary delivered little baby Jesus, conceived by the Holy Spirit, lying in a manger, our Savior. Now John, He goes to the really big picture, right back to the beginning of time, defining who Jesus is, who Jesus has been from the get-go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the life, life that's the light of the world, and a light that shines in darkness so brightly no darkness can overcome it. And John proclaims Jesus was in the world and the world came into being through Jesus. And that Jesus came to us flesh and blood and lived among us. Why? So that we may become God's children. That we may know we are born of God's will not our will. And through Jesus, we are given grace and truth. And our invitation is to welcome this grace, a grace that's freely given. This whole prologue of John's builds up to proclaim to us that God has given of God's own self the gift of grace. Grace we haven't earned. Grace that we haven't willed into being. A grace that surpasses our own understanding. Freely given. Grace is love and mercy. Unending love, unending mercy, and it's for all of us. So when you think about it, if we are really given this love so freely... This means, in God's eyes, each and every one of us is enough, just as we are. There's no ladder 
of perfection to holiness that we need to climb before God will love us. And there's no chasm between us and God that it's our job to leap over. Instead, through Jesus Christ, God comes to us to be with our fragile, anxious, fearful selves. We didn't have to do anything to attain this, to earn this love, to earn this access to God. But how many of us today actually relax into this reality of our belovedness? How many of us really open ourselves up to receive this gift of grace? How many of us really believe we are enough? That we are totally lovable? I certainly don't all the time. And here I am preaching on it, but I dance in and out of the awareness of being so beloved. Like take this week, this glorious week of Christmas, I reveled in the services. If you were here for the pageant, this whole area was filled with kids and those balloons, the star balloons tied to the toddler's hands. And midnight mass, he had a brass ensemble up here and in the choir loft, lights rejoicing. And then Christmas morning, this special service with the singing, just radiant. And yet I went home and by the next morning, I was bathing in not enoughness. I looked around our living room and all I saw was that I had failed Christmas. I didn't bake any cookies. We only have lights on our tree. We never got around to the ornaments. I still haven't made all my Christmas calls to family, so forgive me, Dad. And my spouse and I, we still have some presents unwrapped under the tree. All of us live in a culture where we put expectations on ourselves and on people we love as measuring sticks for worthiness. We absorb worldly standards of good enough. And the danger is that we start defining ourselves by our accomplishments and what we've done, be it finishing to-do lists, landing the right job, the right promotion, earning enough money, getting the right house or car or clothes, eating well enough, perhaps finding that perfect sweetheart, the perfect spouse or partner. So instead of receiving this gift of grace from God, we try and manufacture our own grace. Instead of resting in God's love and mercy, we look to the things of the world to make us feel good, to make us feel like we are enough. In a sense, we turn ourselves into God. We make how we feel about ourselves and the standards we create the most important thing. We decide what is good enough. The grace freely given through Jesus Christ stands in incredible contrast to this persistent not-enoughness of our world. So what if we were let to let our whole selves rest in God's grace? What if we were to let our whole selves rest in love and mercy? What if I were to look at my Christmas tree and just delight in what it is? The lights are enough, they're twinkling, 
how fortunate are we that we even have a tree? God loves me whether or not I'm doing Christmas right or whether any of us did Christmas right. The priest and author David Zoll recently wrote a book called Seculosity on all the secular arenas where we try to cure ourselves of not feeling good enough. He argues that we've created religions of sorts around our busyness, our work, around romance, parenting, leisure, food, politics, even our faith traditions, with each one having a specific dogma and yardstick of do's and don'ts, what is good enough, what is bad. And none of these arenas in and of themselves are horrible. What is dangerous is when we turn to any of them as a basis of our own justification, our own worthiness. The danger is when we turn to any of them to decide how good we are. It's impossible to be good enough in secular terms. And there is terrible danger in setting up these human constructs of the best parenting, the best fitness plan, When we know best on our standards, we start judging people on those standards. One of the most vicious places I've seen this play out among friends is in parenting, especially mothering. How long do you breastfeed? What's the right amount? What is the best method to put a baby to sleep? Daycare is good, daycare is evil. Diet, fitness, vegan, keto, paleo. We develop religions of sorts where we decide each other's worthiness instead of seeing each other as God sees us, beloved children who've been given the gift of grace, this gift of love and mercy. So the coming of Christ into the world in the very big picture this morning is the ultimate gift of grace. It completely, Jesus completely upends the idea that our will and our choices make us good enough. God becomes flesh to be with us just as we are. God becomes flesh to give us this grace upon grace. And in receiving this grace, We share the grace with others. We become the light. We share unending love and mercy, and we learn how to do that with others. This gift of grace is there whether or not we engage with it. It's always there. And the remarkable thing is, when we do open ourselves up to receive it, when we open our hearts to Jesus and to God, we do experience new life. We become children of God, and new life is born in us. There are great fruits of this good news. The fruits of receiving the grace upon grace is that we become transformed. Humility ends up at the heart of that acceptance. Humility in the fact that we can't do it all. We will perpetually mess up. That humility when we receive grace is born in us. 
And from that stance, we become more receptive and grateful. We discover there's a new freedom and a new happiness. We discover this new freedom and happiness is one in that humility that nurtures compassion for each and every one of us. Nurtures delight. Accepting the gift of grace releases us from endless striving and from feelings of uselessness and self-pity. The gift of grace births serenity, peace of mind, hopefulness of heart. So this Christmas, for the rest of the 12 days of Christmas, let us behold the glory of Jesus. Behold God's glory, a glory that is giving us grace. Let us know that from Christ's fullness, in the words of John, we have all received grace upon grace. The grace and truth did come through Jesus Christ, born in this world, and lives on by him and in him in our lives today and forever. Amen.